I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Louis Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilles Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We are part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Hey, first day of the week. Uh, I was better suited on Friday, but, uh, you know, <laughs> at least we have the podcast today. That's right. We actually have some news, some stuff that dropped uh, yep. Friday night. We had the schedule that dropped Friday night, so we're, we'll discuss that for sure. Uh, and other news items. So the the first one is that officially 16 of the 302 players that were tested tested positive for coronavirus. So that goes right with kind of average 5% of people that mm-hmm. have tested positive. So that's I think that's even better than what they expected. And if people are like, oh, no, we've got players that have tested positive. I mean, the league knew this was going to happen. I mean, this is why they designed the system the way they did with testing, you know, before you go to Florida, then testing while, right when you get to Florida and given time to quarantine if you need to. So the goal is to get just a hard reset for everybody and to make sure that everybody doesn't have it whenever training camp starts and only 16 is a good start. Everybody just needs to make sure that they're following the protocols. And then, but then you hear about Jabari Parker, who's one of the guys who tested positive that he was seen out playing tennis. Um, Not that you're, you're within (laughs) six feet of somebody while you're playing tennis. Obviously you're not, but still it's just not a, a great sign. So, and that's another reason why I, I wish they would have just taken the 16 teams because mm-hmm. there's a lot of players and a lot of teams that just don't have a lot to play for. Sacramento could make the playoffs. But they probably won't. Uh, you know, San Antonio probably won't make the playoffs. Phoenix won't make the playoffs. Washington probably won't make the playoffs. So, I mean, it's just... That's where it's like, why are we, why are we bringing in all these teams with all these players that are kind of playing for something, but mostly not? Like that's what I don't love about it. If you brought in sixteen highly invested teams, or even just, I don't know, just bring in the Pelicans if that's what you want to do, and give them the play-in tournament, or the Pelicans and the Blazers, and just do the play-in tournament, or do the, yeah. play, you know, I mean. I don't know. There was just there, there could have just been a, a better way to do this. I feel like in in regards to the amount of players coming, and then in regards to you know teams that are invested, because I I just have I find it hard to believe. And obviously, we know that the Wizards, you know, lost one of their best players in Davis Bertans. So he's it. It's just kind of frustrating to to see reports like that and then you wonder okay how's this gonna go in walt disney world and i would feel a lot better about it if it was just the 16 teams yeah i i don't know if 
that dramatically changes the possibility for a high level player to get COVID because this is basically the worst case scenario like a top player on a top team gets it and everything takes another one or two asterisks um, uh, like alongside the, the championship uh, if we ever get to the finals but surely I mean if you enlarge the basis if you enlarge the number of players and uh, personnel and rooms and blah 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 that you have to uh, include in order to be able to um, play in this bubble then for sure you you increase the risks we all know why they they brought that specific number of teams um, it's kind of easy to build a schedule that way uh, in order to reach the level of games that you need in order to get all the tv money and so uh, the reason is clear but my question to you is what's wrong with tennis i mean jabari parker tennis nikola jokic like was at a tennis tournament mm -hmm. like tennis should be at like a pretty like well like social distancing sport <laughs> and instead i mean it seems like a generator of of covid i know i know it's crazy well and then you have and, he, and here's the thing if if people want players to avoid getting covid19 i think the bubble is will be a better place for them because they're all going to play anyways. And we've seen it here yeah. of the guys that we know, like Baisley definitely played in that skins league. Ferguson didn't play, but I think he was there, you know, like those they're going to play Shay's playing, you know, full contact with a group of guys. And if you think that the other guys aren't playing, then you're crazy. Everybody's going to play. These are young guys that want to play ball and they're going to do it. And so if you can get them in an environment like Orlando, I think it's their best shot to do it safely. And then also make some money and provide entertainment. I mean, it's just everybody kind of questions why they do this, but I think that there's a lot of reason to say, why wouldn't they try to do this? And I think mm -hmm. that there's, you know, one of them is that they're going to play anyways. All these guys are playing anyways. Trey Young played in it. Buddy Heald played in it. Buddy Heald contracted coronavirus. Did he contract it there? I, I don't know. Did he get it somewhere else? Did he did he bring it into the Skins League? I don't know. Uh, but I think that it's, you know, it's it's a problem. And, and hopefully they can get everybody to a baseline where they're testing negative And hopefully those aren't false negatives it's just it's a very uncertain time with a lot of uncertainty in the air about florida about walt disney world about everything i mean nobody knows this is a grand experiment that we are watching play out before our eyes and everybody got really excited about the schedule and we'll talk about that here in a little bit but you know it doesn't there's no guarantees with any of this and i think that it's it's just interesting to to watch it unfold. I th I think they're going to give it their best shot, but it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. Yeah, and it's also a good way to try this out. Um, I mean, European in Europe, like there are a lot of leagues that uh, already restarted, some of basketball, some of soccer, and whatever. Whatever. So it is a good experience to do it uh, in the U.S. with all the surroundings. It's it's not a safe 
it's not as safe as in Europe. Uh, we we all read like, the news. I mean, the numbers are pretty scary uh, down there. Here, it's safer. Uh, I will put it this way. So, if like if nothing happens from a vaccine standpoint and like a medication standpoint, and you want to to give like this league a try for next season, you have to start building something. And so, if there's fails uh you are in deep trouble if these like succeed to a certain degree then you may have created a blueprint that you can develop for next season uh in maybe more than one location uh with similar rules and um and possibly similar results so i think the league was due to try something uh not just because of the of this season money but but also for the, for like the future because i mean it's not that COVID is going away by itself. So either um, the amazing scientists that are uh, doing researches about virus and and, and um, about the vaccine and, and whatnot, either they find a solution or, I mean, we have to just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, that's right. Sounds uh, scary, but it, <laughs> it's actually... It does. Actually real. It does sound scary. I know. I know. It's, uh, gosh, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to know. And I think that we just kind of have to sit back and, and hope for the best. It's all, is all that we, we can do and just hope the league, uh, you know, the league has done the best they can with this, with this plan. And I, I think that there's, there's a chance of success here. There is a chance of success. Yeah. So, it also, I mean, if you're a player, an NBA player in Florida right now, do you really want to go out of the bubble? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I mean this is actually, it might seem kind counterintuitive, but when I was like in full lockdown with cases going up every day in my, uh, even in my town, I mean, no one wanted to go out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was okay, but like staying home, working from home, being even confined, like separated from my parents who live very close by. So I think that like players have less incentive incentives now to, to just go outside and party. I mean, granted, I would hope that Florida was in a better situation right now because no one yeah. no one wants to hear like numbers uh, raising up and and all the stuff but maybe from the player standpoints they will act differently and this actually has a uh, a chance to succeed yeah yeah that is that is an interesting idea that maybe the danger that exists there would deter them from Again. going out I would hope for a different situation, like a, a, a way course. less dangerous situation, which is like, it's horrible what is happening in Florida and other, and other cities uh, in the States in the US. But yeah. but it is what it is. And I think that player will look into numbers, will look into what is happening outside and maybe um, they will find a way to, to stay safe. Yeah. Uh, just a, a little bit of news that affects the could potentially affect the thunder is that chesapeake who had been long rumored to be filing for bankruptcy did yesterday uh and they say they're going to continue to operate they're going to restructure the business they uh <laughs> filing bankruptcy wiped away seven billion dollars in debt for the company wow. and they 
Don't really know what it means for the naming rights for the arena yet. I believe that they still have it under contract for a couple more years, but we'll see. We'll see. There may be a new name on the side of, of the arena soon, uh, just because the uh, Chesapeake is, is not doing well. Obviously, if you file for bankruptcy, you're not doing well. Uh, they still have <clears throat> a ton of equipment and assets and stuff like that to try to keep it afloat. And we'll see what happens if they completely fold or not. But uh, not not great news and also not surprising news. I think that everybody kind of saw this coming from a long ways away. Uh, if you're working in oil and gas right now, it's just a, it's a tough world. It's a tough world to live in. And, and in Oklahoma, we see a lot of that. So, uh, you know, my heart goes out to everybody that's in the oil and gas industry and that's been affected by this. Uh, it's it's sad. It's it's hard. It's hard to watch, but um, just another harsh reality. Uh, Devin Hall was signed as a replacement player for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Not a two, not on a two way contract. The way it's been explained to me is that he's not signed to a two way deal. Uh, he is only signed as what the league determined as a replacement player. And so he will go to Florida with the Thunder and be their 17th guy, essentially. You can think of it as they have 17 spots. They had one roster spot open. They gave that to Lou Dort, which left open that two that quote-unquote two-way spot. And so he's, and I think Bobby Marks called it a two-way replacement player. I think he's just trying to using that language to try to explain it a little bit better, but that's not how the league views it. The league doesn't view these guys as necessarily two-way guys. He is a replacement player. So if you start hearing that, that's that's why. This is how the NBA has determined it and determined the rules around it. So uh, thoughts on Devin Hall? Is he going to help the Thunder get to a championship? Um, hopefully not. I mean, if... If Devin Hall ends up playing, it means that something serious happened uh, to the best man in the in the the best players in the roster. Because I mean, let's face it, OKC has a lot of guys that play the same role that Devin Hall is playing, like Lou Dort, Terrence Ferguson, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, Danny Schroeder, Chris Paul. So you have already five players that that are ahead, clearly ahead of him. In the rotations, and and maybe you can find ways to play Hami before him, mm-hmm. um, Deante Burton. So you have too many guys yeah. ahead of him. If he plays, it really means that one of the ball handlers, like Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder, mainly and also Shea to a certain degree, are injured, and so you you need another ball handler. If you have at least two of the three, then I think you, you don't need Hall. If you, if like two of the three are out uh, for COVID reason or whatever reason, then then yes, probably he will he will be needed. <laughs> so that's why I mean I mean I'm not sure he will he will, uh, he will play if the majority of the roster stays safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. But he can shoot it. He can shoot <laughs> as it you, as you said ten minutes ago <laughs> offline. Yeah. I mean that's that's a uh, that's a change from most of the guys on the roster, is that Devin Hall yeah. can shoot it, and so that's at least at least they brought a guy that can shoot the ball because they have a lot of guys on the roster that can't. So that'll it's you know it's 
it's all it is is just very deep insurance for this team just in case something happens so it's it's good that they're one that they decided to take 17 guys now they could say you know we don't we don't want to do that we don't need to pay the an additional player to come but you know i think that at the end of the day it's good you may not use him he may not play he may not step on the floor once in orlando but uh Hopefully he doesn't have to, but in case he does, it's it's nice to have him there. Yeah, and it's also like something that OKC does with players that willingly stay between the Thunder and the Blue for a period of time. They always find ways to give them uh, some sort of contract, yep. even if they, they don't play much. I mean, the Kari Johnson was one of them. Uh, Hamilton was one of them. I mean, players that try to develop into something bigger when they are in the blue. Uh, some some succeed, some not. But OKC always uh, find ways to provide them with a little bit of continuity and maybe opportunities. Because when you train with an NBA team, you are actually helping yourself for, for the future anyway. Um, if this is in Europe or behind the bench, you never know. And so I think that this was the probably the best choice for OKC. Um, I guess they did their due diligence on, on guys like Crab or or other players. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if nothing, if no other solution, like no other real rotation player is available, then you bring the guy who basically said yes to the two-way, yes to stay with the blue, and yes, like practicing whenever you need. Uh, me too. So... Mm-hmm. I, I like this move as always because it it, it shows uh, commitment to like to to the to the players uh, that 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 pass by in OKC. Yep. Yep. Not a not a whole lot more to say about Devin Hall, so we'll go on to the NBA schedule that was released. It's it's exciting to see an actual schedule release and the games they're going to play. I think we were largely correct. There was reporting on this before. Uh, any of this was released, so I think that most people had a, at least an idea of what the schedule would look like. So, the Thunder will start off, August 1st, will play the Utah Jazz, and the timing uh, is great uh, for me and for you, which is wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm working from home as a producer, and so basketball will be on. This this is, it tips at 2.30 Central Time, which is just like, oh, that's great great for for many reasons great that my kids can watch the game with me because most of the games that i've you know that we watch are late at night especially during the playoffs in the western conference i mean it's my kids are long gone in bed so it's exciting for me in that way that i think that i can get my my kids to watch you know full games of thunder basketball with me and it's exciting for you that you get to watch the thunder in in prime time in italy yeah 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 i mean my kids are too small to, to, to really care uh, about about basketball but my, my, my son really cares about blue teams like if if one of the team wears blue then you just care about that so maybe i'll well, there you watch go. i'll watch the washington game with him uh so at least one of the two will be blue um but yeah i mean having uh let me see five games among the eight the eight that i can watch live without going to bed at weird hours or whatever it's it's a very good news because i mean uh, um 
it's good. Uh, it's good to have NBA basketball uh, during the summer in prime time. I used to watch summer league. Uh, this year we will not, and so it's it's nice to nice to have in August something uh, to watch at that time. Yeah, no doubt. Let's uh, let's walk through the schedule a little bit. And then we can make some predictions and then maybe look at some some strength of schedule stuff that's out. So Utah, Denver, Lakers. That's that is like a nice a hell of a star baptism into this Walt Disney World experience. Oh, have you seen the picture of the court, by the way, at least like a model of the court? And it's not no, the actual court. It's going to be pretty interesting. They kind of so. You imagine when you imagine it, you just imagine like them playing in like an arena with a ton of empty seats, but there's not going to be a lot of empty seats in there. They have seating for the people that will be in there. And then they have, it looks like it's going to be kind of blacked out, like almost like a, like staged, like it's like a, mm-hmm. like the court on a stage. And so they are going to have a ton of cameras in there, a ton of camera angles that we've never seen before. And so that's, it was kind of exciting to see that. And to think about the possibilities that they'll have uh, broadcasting wise. So I, I'm intrigued yeah. to see what that will actually look like. I remember we we were discussing this, uh, I think, in either April or May. I don't remember about the fact that with this uh, pandemic, with no fans, the NBA could have gone into different direction in order to engage fans and having like new cameras, new angles, um, maybe new ways to broadcast the, uh, the show. It, it, it's, it could actually become part of the future. And so this is another a place where making uh, experiments, it, it, it's, it's, it's very good. And so I'm looking forward to, to these new, uh, I hope that they will release most of them for international league pass, which is not a given, but, yep. um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, and then they, they get to the easy part of the schedule. The next three games are Memphis, Washington, Phoenix. And it's nice that you get to play Phoenix later on and Washington later on, because if they lose their first three games I mean, they're just toast, they're done. Yeah. And yeah. so the incentive to play hard is is out the window. Memphis will be fighting for their playoff lives throughout this whole thing. They need to get every win that they can. And because they're still, I think they're three games up on the Blazers and then the Pelicans. And we'll take a look at the strength of schedule for those teams here in a second. But it's, uh, it's interesting to see a team like that on your schedule. You think, oh, that's an easy one, but that they're going to be competing. Yeah. You know, probably maybe even harder than the Lakers do in the previous game. Uh, and then they finish it out. Difficult. Heat, who the Thunder have not matched up well against this season. And then the Clippers, who are obviously one of the best teams in the league. But also the Clippers, by that time, may have a playoff spot locked up. And and may not need to play Kawhi or Paul George in that game. And if, if they don't, obviously they're going to play him. They'll play hard. If they do have a playoff spot locked up, if they're locked into the two seed by this point, then they will likely sit their guys or at least not play them very many minutes. So there's a lot of dynamics at play here with all these teams, honestly, even down to the Lakers. But I I think that you can count on the Jazz and the Nuggets and the Grizzlies and the Heat to play hard. And, And so... It's it's interesting. Do you have any predictions f- 
for for these eight games? Any win loss predictions? Uh, I think that if OKC goes three and five or four and four, it's it's very good. Uh, granted, there is very little incentives for OKC to to win out or to do something crazy like that. Yeah, you will have probably a better matchup. Maybe uh, imagine if you win out and you still get the Rockets. It's 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 not very good, and you lose the pick. Um, so it, it's it's not. Um, I don't know what's the best scenario for OKC in, in these eight games. In these mm-hmm. eight games, because I, I like the fact that they will play good teams, and except for Phoenix and Washington, maybe Washington is, is still in play, and will be still in play by game number five, and so maybe they will play hard. I think that like that. The idea of playing against teams that have something to to play for, it's very good for OKC mm-hmm. because you will immediately go into playoff mode or like close to playoff mode um, and, and you get used to that level and you can play those games focusing on the right stuff. Like you focus not just on the results, but on the way in which you are playing possession by possession you can limit the time of chris paul on the court you can you can you can go zero and eight and still having the seventh seed uh so it's it's not really important the record the important stuff is how okc will play and and the fact that again they will face very good team team that may face during the postseason denver is a possibility the lakers and the clippers are a real possibility so um, i really think that OKC has nothing to lose, and they will have a lot of things to um, to refocus on. I mean, they were playing extremely good basketball by the by the time that the, the season uh, was shut down. So I, I look forward for them to recoup part of that, mm-hmm. to that chemistry, to that way to play, because they they were playing again amazing basketball. So that is the part that they want. Uh, them to to get to in these eight games if they go two and two and six three and five fine it's mm-hmm. it's not really a problem i don't want them to lose to phoenix in a in an embarrassing fashion uh but for the rest i mean they will probably win a couple of games by by default yep uh every team will play a back-to-back the thunders back-to-back happens to be the wizards sons back-to-back which is uh, probably the easiest. I I can't imagine an easier combination of teams, especially on August 9th and 10th. So we're not talking about it at the very beginning. So that bodes well for the Thunder. I mean, they should not. They should easily beat the Wizards and then easily beat the Suns if they're, mm-hmm. if they're playing hard and shouldn't have. This shouldn't be too difficult of a back-to-back. So the Thunder did land in a good spot in regards to that. Uh, John Hollinger wrote an article on The Athletic that you should go check out. You can go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get 40% off an annual subscription, which is a great deal. So go do that. Read this article. It's very interesting. So he goes over the schedule and he gives each team within the 22 teams there a, a rating and then has a strength of schedule listed below. And so he, he kind of categorizes them like this. He's, he's got the Wizards in, in one in a category on their own. This is the easiest team that you're going to play in the bubble. You already lost Alvis Bertans. Uh, we don't, I don't know if Bradley Beal is 
going to even be playing that hard. You know, Beal is tough to, to play and to guard, but I think that the rest of the team is, is full of really young guys and inexperienced guys and should be an easy team to play. He has the Siasun 7, which are teams at the back half of the Eastern Conference and then teams that are out of it in the West. And that includes the Nets, the Grizzlies, the Magic, Suns, Blazers, Kings, and Spurs. He put the Pelicans in their own category uh, just because they are a more difficult opponent than a lot of those other teams and are really going to be fighting for their playoff lives. So uh, so he assigned point value. I forgot to point put that in there, that the Wizards are worth one point. The Siasun 7 are worth two. The Pelicans are worth two and a half by themselves. You have the Elite 8, which are just very, very solid teams that could be your dark horse candidates to, to make the finals or to make a Western Conference Finals or Eastern Conference Finals. These are worth three points. That includes the Mavs, the Nuggets, Rockets, Pacers, Heat, Thunder, Sixers, and Jazz. You have the Fab Five, which are the and then the Fab Five, which are the elite teams. The Celtics, Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, and Raptors are those teams. And so depending on who you play, so if you played the Boston Celtics, you'd get four points for that. If you played the Washington Wizards, you get one point. If you played the Thunder, you'd get three points. And so whoever has the highest score has the hardest schedule. Whoever has the lowest score has the easiest schedule. And so the Thunder are kind of smack dab in the middle of the Western Conference. They have the one, two, three, four, five, six easiest schedule uh, on their plate. They get the Wizards once. They get two of the... Um, see you later seven or see you soon seven. They have three uh, of the elite eight teams on their schedule. And then they have two of the, of the best five teams. So the fab five teams. So the Thunder are in in a pretty decent spot. And like I said, they do play those elite teams, but the spots that they're playing a couple of them in are, Favorable. It doesn't mean the Thunder will win, but it just puts the Thunder in a favorable spot. But then you take a look at the race for eight. The Pelicans have by far the easiest schedule. They do play yep. the Wizards once. They get five of their games against the Seasoon seven teams, which are the worst teams. And then they have one game against the Elite Eight and then one against the Fab Five. So the Pelicans have a real shot here. And then you have Memphis, who doesn't play the Wizards. And then they have a very difficult schedule. They have the third most difficult schedule in the Western Conference. And then Portland is right behind them. Uh, Don't play the Wizards and then have a a difficult schedule. So it will matter. I mean, that will certainly matter. And the the Pelicans are going to have their chance to make it. And Memphis has got to play hard and they've got to prove themselves. Portland, they're already behind the eight ball. No Trevor Ariza. I mean, who starts at the three for them? Yeah. I mean, that's. And Nasir Little? Yeah. I mean, Nasir Little, do you put Mello at the three? Oh. <laughs> is, oh Mello, is Mello coming boy. off the bench? I mean, that's a, that's a sincere question. And we know about that in OKC. And the answer was no, I'm not coming off the bench. Is he coming off the bench in Portland? I don't know that. 
I mean, that that's a very good question. And I'm so glad that we don't have to answer that. Yeah. Nor to, I mean, it, it's interesting because, I mean, Zach Collins is probably playing in the near future. So maybe yeah. like you just start the three big men and just roll with it. It would be a very like weird squad to play because you have um, Nurkic or Whiteside, whoever. Um, Zach Collins, Melo, and CJ and Dame. Yeah. On paper, I mean, you have the shooting that you need if Melo somehow remembers how to space the floor and if Collins works as a pick and pop threat. But, but boy, oh boy, that defensively, I don't know how they will play against teams like even the Pelicans. How they, how do they defend the Pelicans? They don't have to play against them, but uh, a team like the Pelicans, like a shooting for like, against Boston. How do you guard Boston with that lineup? Yeah. Because Hayward can play against Zach Collins. Yeah. Like, and and clearly uh, Jalen can play against Melo. So I I don't really know. It's, it's a weird team. And the good thing about for New Orleans and and, and Memphis, and I think that is, uh, I don't know when they face each other, but, but the fact that they have a a game to play against each other is very interesting because that play would be like the NBA finals for them. Yeah. Unless New Orleans somehow starts off really poorly and then they, they already have no chance by the time they meet Memphis. But if they are still in play, uh, when they have to face the, the Grizzlies, that game is a must-watch because um, there will be no restrictions for Zion or whatever. It's just let's let's see if if they have it, and I'm look for forward for that game because it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Ja, ja against against Zion, then you have all the shooting in the world for uh, New Orleans, and you have this young Memphis team who is. Not about grit and grind like it was before, but maybe part of the essence of this team is still there. Yeah, it's early on, actually. August 3rd, Memphis, Memphis, New Orleans on ESPN, 5.30 Central Time. Yeah. And one of the first games on the 31st of July, you get Memphis-Portland. Wow. On NBA TV at 3 o'clock Central Time. Yeah. That's that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, it's a very big one. These two games are probably the ones that will give either Portland a chance to to success or to just crush them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I this rating is very interesting. Uh, the fact that like the Lakers and Denver have the worst schedule possible and teams like the Clippers don't so that is interesting because maybe the Clippers has a have a shot to to make it a race for number one spot probably not because the Lakers are still too good even if the schedule is tough but um, let's say that they want to ease in LeBron and and Anthony Davis and maybe they play um, a lot with the second lines even if they don't have Bradley, they still have um, sort of a deep team, um, so it it will be interesting. Yeah, one one note that affects the Thunder is that the team that has the the lowest score, or at least the the second lowest score, actually the Pelicans have the lowest score. Second lowest score goes to the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. 
Yeah. Which is extremely interesting because they have they currently hold the rights to the Thunder's first round pick. And another reason why it would be okay if the Thunder went three and five is if Philly ends up winning one or two more games in the Thunder, the Thunder get their pick back. So Yeah. That yeah, Sport Fan four oh five would be so happy about this. <laughs> That's so true. I'll be happy too, because I mean it it lends to the Thunder getting two first round picks. Yeah. And making the playoffs. They're gonna make the playoffs anyways. And let's say Denver holds at three. Man, I would I mean Denver is probably one of the teams that I'd rather play than Houston yeah. or any any other team like that. I mean, I think the Jazz are the preferred team to play. And Come it, on, and Andrew, say the words. Say I can't. the words. I can't. No, you know you what? It dooms. No, it dooms the team. It's just, it's doomsday. But they could fight up to three, the Jazz. The Thunder fall down to six. And then you get a certain scenario for the Come Thunder on. that includes getting their first round draft pick back and then also playing in the playoffs so and there's i mean and we talk about it if if you guys aren't subscribed to our thunder after dark it made a draft series you should subscribe to it because we talk about a ton of these guys and we'll release two episodes this week we released one yesterday one later on this week and you should you should listen because there's a lot of really interesting role players in this draft that I think could be available at both spots for the Thunder in the latter half of the second in the latter half of the first round. Yeah, so the doom scenario is uh, two picks <laughs> no. and, and Utah. Uh, this is what, what Andrew meant, and and so wow. like all credits all credits uh, go to you <laughs> if uh, somehow this happens, or since I said said the words, maybe he, it will not happen. Right? <laughs> who knows? Uh, no, I, I I I'm just kidding. There is no. It would be good for KC to get the pick. Yes, uh, as far as the opponent goes. I just want a series where OKC plays a good series, good first on series against like even a talented team. Let's just see those boys go at each other and play good basketball. Yeah. What happens? Happens. I really want a good series. I don't want a series that with a guy that waves at us like after like after a good shot, Ugh. quote unquote, right? Thirty-five oh. footer. I, I mean. I just I just want to see a good a good playoff. Um, to be fair, I mean OKC doesn't have what 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 is needed in order to win a championship, and they are a team that will make a good a good first round series. Mm-hmm. And so if that happens, and the guys stay healthy, they get the extra pick. This is all I need to call it a very 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 successful season for OKC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if the Thunder were able to come away with, like, we, we'll we talk about Isaiah Stewart later this week. Like, if they had Isaiah, if they got Isaiah Stewart and Patrick Williams in the draft, you got both of them. Or if you got Sadiq Bay and Patrick Williams. Uh, that would be amazing. That'd be great. I don't know that either yeah. one of those guys are going to work out, but I really like both those prospects. And those guys will be available, theoretically, in the 20s. Yeah. Yeah, um, there are players that are worth of a first time, late first time pick. 
yeah. both from a development standpoint and a role player potential. I mean, next week we'll probably do some some of the Arizona guys. I know that there there is no love for Nico Mannion right now, uh, but even those guys. I mean, it's interesting. It's exciting to 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 have like two late first round pick. Imagine what we were like down on the on the base pick, and this guy is exciting. So I'm. Of course, if you can double the chances of getting someone late in the draft, you should. And so we'll see if OKC somehow wins a couple of games, has an entertaining run in Orlando, and we can get another like rookie to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's possible. And it's also scary putting that at the hands of the Philadelphia 76ers who have not played well <laughs> this season uh, outside of their own arena. So... Well, uh, it's definitely a wait and see there. Not the schedule will, does not determine the outcome, unfortunately. Because if it did, I think that you could almost count on the Thunder getting that pick. But if it does, it does not work that way. So, thanks for listening to our show. You can follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Bear. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K Schlecht. We appreciate you guys listening. If you could leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, that would mean a lot to us. If you have an iPhone, it's pretty easy. If you have the Purple Podcast app, click on that. Hit search. Type down to dunk. You'll see us pop up. Click on us. Leave us five stars. If you would, even leave us a message, too. I read all of those, and they mean a lot to us. That would be wonderful. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.